This is Particularly Baptist, podcast of the pastors of Emmanuel Baptist Church. It is June 4th, 2020, and we're here to talk about what is the church, as it seems like we're about ready to maybe have something like the church again. Is yeah. that true? Wonderful, Steve. We're almost feels like we're in the run-up to Christmas, but it's better. It is better. <laughs> <laughs> By a long shot. Yeah. It has been... Uh, I, was just, I was just thinking uh, earlier, actually... I, since becoming a Christian now, almost 25 years ago, I have never not been to church for this long in my entire, and I'm sure that's true for many Christians. Yeah, it, absolutely. It's Same for it. me. I mean, I'm 28 years a pastor. I've never, uh, ever experienced anything like this. And as a Christian before that, never experienced anything like this. Uh, to be so long away from the gatherings um, has been extremely painful, actually. Yeah, it's and difficult and disorienting to life. Very much so. It's it's a it's been a good and in that sense it's been a good reminder of just how the Lord fixes our life on his day, on the Lord's Amen. day, and yeah. then with his people. And that really is the, yeah. the compass of our of our whole life. Well you see the wisdom of God, do you don't you even in the created order first and then now in the in the in the redemptive purpose of God that we have a, a regular pattern to our lives that gives us stability and, and blessing and uh We've really struggled with that in the last three months because Sundays have not been, the Lord's Day has not been what it normally is for us. Yeah. We've gathered, we've come together, you know, ourselves to the building and done what we've done. But uh, even that has been challenging. Um, and I think during the week, there have been times I didn't even know what day it was. Oh, I've, I've been, I've, you know, joked about, I just told my wife, remind me when it's the Lord's Day, because I have to go, you know, exactly. preach at the camera again. Exactly. You know, and I think part of that is the fact that our regular routine has been completely up and uh, we've had to wrestle through so much stuff. You know, you, you were talking last time, working till 11 at night. I mean, I, I don't think that we realised probably when it was coming up that uh, we would end up doing way beyond what we normally do. Oh, yeah. Um, because we don't have the normal set patterns of gathering, you know, to, for counselling and meetings. And we haven't had elders meetings in the way we normally do. We've had to have Zoom meetings that are limited. Uh, but you then, because we have so much reading to do and so much to think about, our hours have just basically gone beyond anything that's normal. Yeah, and even in the attempt, you know, Peter talks about shepherding the flock allotted to your charge, you know, and, and just how that is tied to even the imagery of pastoring as shepherding and the sheepfold. And our sheepfolds basically had no, it's, well, we don't have one. It's been, right. everyone's scattered. And so right. then trying to have a semblance of yeah. keeping an eye on, you know, yeah. your sheep has been, yeah, yeah bewildering. Yeah. yeah. Well, even, you know, I even noticed, you know, Jared for a number of weeks was doing a good job on a Sunday morning, having a bunch of people together. But as it went on, people got tired and, and it yeah. kind of fizzled, you know, in the last few weeks. And because people are weary of, you're just in the house and you watch the Zoom thing. Whereas when life is normal, you're out and about, there's an energy, there's a focus and there's a, there's a routine that is actually healthy for us. And I am so looking forward to re-establishing that this Lord's Day. So, so we're so we're now three days out from... Three days. Th- from, yeah, let's just remind her. We've still got a bit of work to do. My sermon's not really my, I'm the same. where it should be. I'm the same. Um, but we're three days out from meeting. Um, can you simply... I've tried to simply explain what we're doing. And uh, as we're now, uh, we're not reopening. 
Right. Uh, although technically, maybe that's the phrase being used, but we would call it, and again, a nod to our friend Chris Hutchinson for this reminder, we are reassembling. But even that's not accurate, is it? Because Partially reassembling. Yeah, we're not really reassembling. We'll Towards maybe, reassembling. Maybe we're talking about that. You were on a journey towards yeah. reassembly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you're, you're, between the two of us, you're always a bit more apt to put things a bit more pithy than I do. But I think that the way I would describe it is exactly what you're saying, that we're, we're not yet fully reassembling. Uh, as one body in one place at one time. We are towards reassembling. We're phase one. I know we're sick of phases, but we have to just still, it's a good way to talk about yeah. it. So it's phase one. We are beginning to reassemble. We will have two gatherings in the morning and two in the evening uh, to try and get our full congregation, our full membership through one gathering at least on the Lord's Day. Yeah. And that will require you to preach uh, and me to preach in the two buildings that we have simultaneously. And that's a blessing. It is. Um, but it's a challenge because you'll have 100, Lord willing, I'll have 50. And then in the evening, we'll simply flip it, which means you really effectively right now continue to do the morning worships. Right. And I'm doing the evening worships. We're just doing them at the same time. We're doing it at the same time. Yeah. And then in the evening, we're doing them again. Right. Just different location yeah. for the larger group. Um, and I think once our people get onto that and they see that, the way that we're communicating it online to them, we're just giving them direction. All they really need to worry about is the place that they are to sign up for and then the alternative live stream that they can watch. And that is really it. Yeah. Yeah, and we really see in God's providence just one small kindness having two buildings because right. the capacity limit to the state of California uh, for churches right now is 100 people indoors. And so we have two indoors so we can pull off having two buildings so yeah. and, or having two services simultaneously. Yeah. So that, that's been a blessing. I think what it's also though, done for us is throw up the challenge just of putting a bit more weight on the congregation for two sets of ushers, two sets of cleaners, two sets of video, two sets of sound two sets of musicians yeah but and you know by god's grace our people are, are are wonderful and they're ready and they're wanting to get back into it and you know and we we hope it won't be over long that we're in this right. mode um, right. but we are more excited than anything else that we're actually just getting to start back and, and some of the sweet it. thing even about it is even with our ushers meeting this week it was so encouraging i've never been encouraged at an ushers meeting before not no knock on ushers but it's always just kind of kind yeah. of perfunctory yeah um it was wonderful meeting with the brothers and the eagerness of guys to work and think creatively about how we right. can both uh reasonably accommodate the guidance from our government but then also um seek to move our congregation back to meeting right and it's really, it's reflected, I've reflected on how these circumstances have really thrown up or exposed whether or not we have convictions. And we've talked about this before. So we would not say, though, that this is like our service leaders will not be beginning the services by welcoming, welcome to the gathering of Emmanuel Baptist Church as we normally do on the Lord's Day. Uh, why is that? Well, because the reality is that we are not actually gathered as a full congregation. Right. And I think this is important. Um, you know, we have all the debates that go on in, in American evangelicalism, multi-site and different things. But when you go to the New Testament, when you go to the Old Testament, let's begin there. The Kahal of God, right? The assembly of God's people tells us that all the people were gathered together, including the, the, including the babies, including the, the families, right? Uh -huh. To hear the word of God read. So God has always gathered his full assembly and manifested his presence to his people in his 
redemptive purpose. Right. And when you come to the New Testament and the Ecclesia, it's exactly the same idea uh, in the New Covenant. And so therefore, the true church is the gathering, is the assembly, the congregation in one place at one time together, ordered under Christ to enjoy the manifestation of God in the presence of in our presence yeah. through His means, through His right. ordinances, through His through His Word, uh, by His Spirit, and that is a huge issue theologically, biblically, yeah. that we must hold clearly from Scripture if we're going to have a biblical ecclesiology, an accurate right. doctrine of the church. And so our guys will get up and say, "Welcome to our gathering here yeah. or our service," but they won't say. Emmanuel Baptist Church is gathered here now because yeah, we're not right. at that point. And we need to keep our people clear on that. You will be at a gathering. It's like a kind of large small group in some ways. Exactly. Uh, or a D class, right? Welcome to the gathering uh, of uh, our gathering this morning, but not the gathering of Emmanuel Baptist Church yeah. because 50 will be here, 100 will be with you, and the other 150 will be at home. So right. we're, not, we're still scattered. Yeah, yeah. And this... we have to be clear on that at this point. We long for it not to be so, we know this is towards that, but it's not yet there. And that has a number of implications that we're going to open up and talk about today. Yeah, absolutely. And it really kind of, one of the funny quirks just of church history and theology and scripture is that the word church is actually a terrible translation right. in the New Testament. Uh, William Tyndale got it right the first time, his original uh, translation from the Greek into English, he translated what we have in our Bibles now as church as congregation. Right. And it wasn't until later editors who had other ideas of church in the Church of England and more institutional hierarchical that replaced it with the word church. It actually has a whole different Greek root. It's the Greek root, uh, the Greek word kerkuriakon, which is translated just twice in the New Testament in 1 Corinthians 11 and then Revelation 1 as the Lord. Right. So on the Lord's day in Revelation 1's 10 is that word. And so somewhere along church history, uh, the buildings and structures and institutions became referred to as the Lord's. Um, and that eventually came down to us then as church. And you, you even get it, you know, in Kirk and the Scottish Kirk and the Scottish and, Kirk and the, the German, Kirk. the German word Kirk. is also has That's the right. closer remnant. Right. But, um, just as you mentioned from Cahal to Ecclesia, both those words mean assembly, right. they mean congregation. Right. And so a church is not a building. A church is not an institution. Uh, a church is a people. It's an assembly, a congregation of people. So it's it's really would be um, completely out of step to say, well, we have a gathering of Emmanuel Baptist Church when the assembly, the church, is not churched. Right. It's not assembled. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the best thing we could say is we have a partial gathering this morning. Right. That would be the best we could say. And even there, we want to be very clear: this is not a gathering of Emmanuel Baptist Church. Yeah. Um, and so our people, you know, they'll understand that as they, they they come and they hear that. I think a number of our people do already get that. But I know that we don't want to have our people thinking uh, this is the church. Why? Because, you know, then they're going to want to think, and we'll, we'll talk about this a bit later, but, you know, well, why, what about the Lord's Supper? What about this? What about that? No, right now, uh, the full church is not yet gathering. Um, oh, that will be a glorious day when it happens. It will be. I cannot wait. It'll be way better that. than even this Sunday. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I don't know when it's going to happen. We're looking at all of that, and we're hoping it'll be sooner rather than later. If I'm on vacation, I'm coming home for it. I'm not going to stay away. Yeah. I will not miss that day. It will be wonderful. But yeah. right now, we're not there. Right. Yeah, no, yeah. we're not there. And uh, Moving in the right direction. Though. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, based on where we've been, yeah. we're not complaining. No. Hey, man, I'm rejoicing. And yeah. I'll, I'll rejoice even more. Yeah, yeah. 
So it does throw up, even as you mentioned, it throws up implications about what we'll do and what we won't. And right. so uh, maybe maybe even directly to the point, um, the question of the Lord's Supper. Right. And now that we have right. this arrangement right. of uh, two simultaneous services or meetings, um, can we celebrate the Lord's Supper in these uh, different gatherings? Yeah, the reality is we can't. And uh, again, it's back to us understanding what is going on when the assembly gathers um, and our theology of the Lord's Supper as well, which is also very important. You know, we know that historically in the Reformation there were debates over the nature of the Lord's Supper, um, the, the presence of Christ in the Supper, right? We would follow traditionally the, the, the Calvinistic understanding that uh, Christ is spiritually present with right. us as we gather. Uh, he is spiritually present with us as we gather in a particular way to proclaim his death until he comes in right. the Lord's Supper. So this is one of the great tragedies, I think, of modern evangelicalism, Steve, that uh, people view going to church like they view going to the theatre or going to a sports event. It's just an event that they can do or not do. They don't realise, actually, no, under the new covenant, God has promised us that where two or three are gathered together in his name, mm -hmm. there he is in the midst of them. So it is an historical moment in our lives when we gather with God's people to meet with God mm -hmm. and enjoy the communion of God as it is mediated to us through the means that he has revealed to us in his word, his word being one of them in itself, so that we might experience God in our souls as he has chosen to reveal himself. This is a huge theological issue that a lot of evangelical Christians, honestly, have no idea about. Yeah. It's not taught, it's not understood, so we shouldn't be surprised it's not practiced. Um, and therefore, it's, we shouldn't be surprised Then we have crazy things going on like drive-by communion and uh, strange ideas about the Lord's Supper that are based in superstition and maybe yeah. well-intentioned, you know, yeah. but ill-advised, certainly unbiblical. Um, and we have to be very clear on this. Why we won't have the Lord's Supper is because we're not fully gathered yet, and it's in that full gathering that God has promised us his blessing and his presence, and Christ comes particularly yep. to our souls through the, the means of grace, uh, not the means of special grace, but the special means of grace right, right. that comes to us in the Lord's Supper. And so we long, I yeah. long to back, back yeah. at the Lord's Supper. My, my soul thirsteth after the Lord. But we can't violate how God has taught us to have the Lord's Supper, right. to have the Lord's Supper, because right. then we end up in 1 Corinthians 11 when we're not actually gathering to have it at all. Yeah, exactly. And, and even what you brought up earlier in the connection in a biblical theological and God's redemptive purposes, God gathered all of Israel and it's repeated in Deuteronomy, especially it comes up a lot in Deuteronomy 4 through 5 where Moses yeah, hammers right. uh, the all of Israel, the kahal of God to, to gather at the temple where the place he would choose, which would be Jerusalem at the temple, to, for the reading of the word of God. And so God's presence was going to be manifested right. in the reading of his word and speaking to his people. And you see that continuity in the people of God in Christ in the new covenant are called his temple uh, repeatedly right. in the New Testament, 1 Corinthians 3, Ephesians 2, we're the temple of God. And what do we do as the temple? We gather around the word. And we gather around the word, and as they did in the old temple, sacrifices, but our sacrifice is finished once for all. And so we gather around the table in which we experience and appropriate the benefits of that right. once for all sacrifice in Christ. Yeah. And all of that then requires still that 
the whole kahal, the whole ecclesia, the entire congregation is there. And it's, it's, it's not insignificant that in 1 Corinthians 11, the very thing that Paul is rebuking Corinth for, and even saying it would be better off that you didn't have it, is that they were divided when they were having it. They were having it at separate times. Right. And so right. He, he says five times in that chapter, he refers to their coming together, to their assembling. And that, I think that's something, even in normal times, and we've talked about this before, just pastorally and reinforcing, and even recently was, have we've introduced the reading of the church covenant during the Lord's table service, um, that we're not just during communion, communing with the Lord. It's not a, a private spiritual experience. Right. Right. We are communing with him, yes, but we're also communing as his body, right. as his church. We're right. communing with one another. Right. That's why our that's the whole issue about examining yourself, and it's related to your relationships actually horizontally. Right. Um, not we're not when we examine ourselves at the Lord's Supper, we're not examining whether or not we've sinned. We, yes, we have. Uh, we're examining our our affirmation and confession of what God has done in Christ to bring His people together to make His new temple. And so, uh, uh, you know, when Paul talks about when you come together, I hear there are divisions among you, and he then goes on to explain how that nullifies really everything they're doing at the table. In the same way, we are by necessity at this point having to be divided. So we can't, you know, hardwire that into the Lord's Supper, right. um, notwithstanding our sense of longing and frustration and desire. Um, we can't nullify the very ordinance that the Lord has given us in the Lord's Supper by doing that. Right. And I think, you know, Paul also talks about it. I think the first Corinthians, you know, is it 10 where he talks about the fact this is the communion of the Lord, you know, there is a cup and there is one cup and we're partaking together as one body. And I think that when you actually extrapolate from that what he's actually saying to us, he's saying to us that there is a union that we enjoy with Christ and there is a communion that we partake in with one another that there isn't just the, the vertical element involved in our participation, to your point, but there is a horizontal element. We are a God's covenant community. Uh, and God's covenant ordinance uh, that he's given to us, that our Saviour himself instituted the night before he actually established the new covenant, uh, is what we partake of. All of the implications of that are uh, that this is not something that you... It's just not an individualistic idea. It's just not yeah. an individualistic thing. Yeah. It is really a reflection of the fact that we are actually part of one another. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that symbolic element and that spiritual element... I think are largely uh, lost in many places today. And so, you know, whilst, I mean, thankfully by God's grace, I think our people understand this to a certain extent. We haven't had any pressure from our people that we've got to have the Lord's Supper, but I yeah. think it's good for us to explain it for them afresh to help them to understand this. I think what it does, to your point, Steve, I know for me, all it does is stir up a longing and a desire to actually get back to that, right. to have the Lord's Supper right. and enjoy that sweetness of communion with Christ, communion with one another, right. and, and a reaffirmation of our covenant commitment to the Lord and to one another. Yeah. You know? yeah. And, and I think we always need to remember, just in a, even a broader background, we always take God's revealed word to interpret his providence. Right. And so we don't interpret yeah, the providence point. of having to be separated as well that means we can now Reinvent. change the lord's supper yeah just change the bible we can just we can <laughs> we can do it different god understands right. he expects right. that we're right. going to innovate right. like no right. we we look at god's providence we're at this point needing to be separated we see that being together 
is central to this ordinance, so we can't celebrate it. And right. we, we expect, and our interpretation is that God's design for us now is to lament and to long. And I hope really, and really my prayer just as a pastor for our church is that our appreciation for the simple, ordinary things that the Lord has given us in his church, I hope will rise and remain steady for a, at least a generation. Right. I'm probably naive, but right. that's a desire, <laughs> is, is that we will yeah. be revived in yeah. the means of grace that right. we have been given Amen. and the necessity of being together. Yeah. Um, that we are, as, as our confession says in chapter 6, we're to walk together in particular societies. Right. We like the word particular. And uh, we're a definite assembly. Right. And until that assembly yeah. can be defined by a gathering, right. then it's not the gathering of the church. Yeah, and I think, to your very point, brother, I think that the, the glory of the simplicity of the ordinances uh, and the elements of our worship that God has given us are heightened at this time. Because what have we not been able to do? Have the Lord's Supper. Yeah. Sing together. I mean, I, I know that it's going to be an emotional train wreck. Oh, yeah. When we gather to sing, that when, yeah. when that first note is hit and everybody starts and the, and we un, we in unison bring our praises, I know I, I'm almost losing it now. Yeah, yeah. There's no chance I'm going to keep it together. Well, I, saw, I almost know? started crying during the Esther's <laughs> meeting on Wednesday night, and I think I'm going to remember my handkerchief because I oh. think I'll be a wreck even on Sunday morning to try yeah. to get started to preach. Well, I think this and, Sunday uh, will be tough too. I agree. Yeah. I, I think there'll be there'll be two or three handkerchiefs, and it's just going to. I'm going to stand in the front row. Let the guy at the front lead for us, our, yeah, our yeah. worship leader, and I'm just going to bubble my way through the first couple of stanzas yeah, yeah. as we as we start back to this because this is our life. Yeah, yeah. This is what it means to be in Christ. Right. Our people uh, are, are are so precious to us, and our, our the blessedness of being part of the church is, is everything to us. And uh, to have it withdrawn for three months in God's providence has been extremely difficult. Yeah, people. Yeah. So I feel like I'm almost like a a soda, a bottle of soda, and the cork's just going to pop. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, 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 I'm, and as I'm getting closer, you know, the sermon preparation is good. I've got a great text for this Sunday, especially in the light of our culture, you know, uh, seek and pursue peace, you know, mm. and, and do good to all men. And mm. um, But there's going to be nothing like the, the, the prayers and the, the singing of the praise of God and the, the reading of Scripture. And then, Lord willing, uh, when we get the full glorious gathering, the Lord's Supper. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be wonderful. Amen. Yeah, no, Amen. I can't wait. To be honest, you know, related to that too, as we're in this time, um, the whole idea of members meetings, right. and of course, we had one on the schedule for March that got wiped oh, away, yeah. and we had actually planned on um, uh, announcing new member candidates. Yeah, we we got thirteen on, on the books or something, and yeah. five baptisms or four baptisms or all something. I mean, we have to check our, yeah, yeah. And, and this notes. also has implications for yeah. our and members then, meetings. Yeah, you know, you think of passages like Matthew eighteen that when we're in the process in the process of making decisions about who rightly affirms the gospel right. and who doesn't in church right. discipline, right. Uh, Jesus says, tell it to the church, the yeah. ecclesia. Yeah. Um, that comes up again also in 2 Corinthians 2. Yeah. Um, and you see the decisions that the church makes in Acts related to church officers, like Acts 6 is the whole congregation that was pleased right. at the at the birth of the diaconate. And even uh, uh, later in the book of Acts in, in 14 and 15, when the whole missionary movement of Paul and Barnabas, you see the congregation coming together. Right to affirm. affirm yep. So so would we say then too that w w we can't really have a true members meeting and conduct official business in the, in the kingdom right. until we're able to get together? Yes. I, I mean, the, the same principle applies. I mean, you know, when we gather as a congregation to do the business of the kingdom, 
We gather in the presence of the King where the King's presence is with us and we are seeking to affirm his moving amongst us. I mean, people you know, obviously recognise that if we're, we're recognising new members, what we're doing is we're affirming their confession of faith as we have heard it and we're doing it in the presence of Christ and receiving them into our number, right? It's the, the very same when you recognise a deacon or you recognise an elder. We are recognising what the Spirit is already doing. We don't make anybody anything. Right. God makes us what we are. But we are responsible as his people to make affirmations, lay hands on or you know, vote or whatever way we, we, we take that recognition. And so whilst we're apart and we're not able to gather fully, we're not able to do that work. Um, and so we have to be patient and wait. That has been extremely frustrating for us. Yeah. Um, I feel we were just chatting about it at lunchtime. You know, the reality is that there's been a gaping hole now in our year and we're, you know, we're set back. But we're comforted by the fact that we've been set back by the Lord right. for reasons we don't fully understand them all. But as we look forward, we long to hear these testimonies. We long to have the baptisms. We long to receive you know, affirm new people amongst us. On the other side of it, of course, we may have a lot of discipline cases coming up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. But the reality yeah. is we're not able to do that either. So, right. you know, in a church the size of ours, you know, it's quite possible that we've got people who are spiritually in trouble right now. And so we hope that, you know, there'll be a lot of repenting in the next few weeks as we gather back <laughs> together. But, yeah. but you know, we, we, we can't do that business either. Right. And, and that's the... That's the dynamic that we need to raise. You, you don't do church membership by proxy or by, by mail-in voting. Or Zoom. Or Zoom. Uh, you do it by being present together. That ties into the whole issue then, of course, of our religious liberty and how long we will endure this right. before we would have to say, sorry, this is no longer acceptable. Yeah. And I think we're, you know, uh, we, we're one of the few churches that have waited an extra week just to check that. We were you know? also uh, one of the first churches in our city to yeah. close, just yeah. for the record. Absolutely. And, so, uh, um, I have a good conscience about well, that. I've got a, my conscience is crystal clean. <laughs> yeah. Actually, where my bad conscience starts to wrestle <laughs> with us if we waited too long, but that's another story. I think, absolutely. I think we've, we've, we cannot be justly accused of not having been considerate men and leading our congregation at this point. I, I, my conscience is as clean on that issue as it could be. Um, but we can't have legitimate votes and affirmations right yet. Uh, we got a lot of work coming up. A ton. In fact, I was joking with some members the other day, and I said, you know, we have, for people that don't know, we have a uh, care list in our members' meetings where we just inform the congregation of, of members that are in need of particular care for any number of reasons that the congregation knows of. And I joked, I said, we're going to put the whole membership on the care list and say, none of you have been to church for three months, so, so you all need to be aware of that. Um, and, and I'm only half kidding, really, because there is a number of oh. uh, pastoral things that are, yeah. we're really, for the next, just as we talk about the economic recovery will be years, uh, the spiritual recovery, yeah. I'm not naive, will, will be years it down will. the road for us to to do the work that God has called us to do. But we can't um, do that when we're apart. And, and we've even talked about even just practically, when you talk about whether it's affirming new members or whether it's certainly installing officers like deacons or elders, we don't want anyone to have an asterisk that says 2020 COVID shutdown member on anybody. Uh, because who knows down the road what sort of um, troubles or rough waters the Lord will have the, our church go through. And we can't have any twinges of conscience that somehow somebody standing in the office of pastor or somebody's membership in the church was, well, you were brought in at a meeting where it wasn't really a meeting. And so it really is just the course of wisdom that we're yeah. waiting till we can fully and rightly affirm someone. And, and the same thing would be for an excommunication. 
yeah, you were absolutely. not lawfully really excommunicated because of when it happened. I mean, this is why, you know, the ins and the outs, the affirmations are all made, you know, dubious, potentially, if you had, a, right. you know, mal malicious people. Thankfully, we don't have a very, you know, blessed congregation, but we have to be wise to that. And you can see the wisdom of God. You can see the wisdom yeah. of God and, and, and how the church is established, how the church is to operate, so that that kind of reality, which has unfortunately marred congregations with a, a, a less than biblical ecclesiology, you can see the wisdom of God, how it protects our unity and how it protects our integrity as, as God's people, that we, we do business openly before everybody and there's no questions asked. Everybody has opportunity to contribute. Everybody has heard. That's our congregational dynamic at work, Steve. So until we are able to do that, as elders of a Baptist church that functions congregationally like that, we wait upon the further proceeding of Christ in his church, which is exactly what our confession states yeah. in chapter 26, paragraph 13. And we wait for the Lord's providence to enable us to regather fully and begin again to do the work of the gospel yeah. together. Amen. And it is sort of, I've, I've laughed more than once at, you know, I've both publicly sort of online and then also taught certainly in our church, you know, that we don't believe that uh, multi-site churches is a, is a church. Um, uh, we don't believe in that multiple services is a wise or biblical way. And here we are about ready, excited to launch a multi-site, multi-service. Uh, but we see these as, as extraordinary right. measures right. Um, that we're eager to get out of. Um, as soon as possible. And we're trying to take the appropriate also limitations by not having the Lord's Supper and not doing these other things to communicate, this is not church. We're right. grateful given the constraints right. we've been under to have these opportunities for these meetings and to begin to experience some of the means of grace together, but we can't see this as the, as the full gathering. And I do really pray that as these issues of polity and ecclesiology have now been forced upon us, um, that it deep, more deeply roots in our congregation and I hope there's a revival of Amen. biblical polity Amen. in our nation and in the world that Christians are now thinking through. Those things that we might have six months ago said that, oh, it's irrelevant or those are secondary tertiary issues. Who cares? Let's get on with the work of the gospel. I think we're now seeing these are actually really closely related to the work of the gospel. Right. And uh, I hope the importance and significance of them begins to become more prominent in our hearts and minds. Yeah. Amen, brother. Amen. And uh, we long for Christ to be glorified in his church. We know that these are unusual circumstances. We are working towards our full gathering again and back to some semblance of normalcy. And until then, we do what we believe is the right thing before the Lord to guide our precious people. Yeah. And uh, this Lord's Day is coming. Amen. And it's not far away, and we look forward to it. I look forward to it.